Hey guys, welcome back to Faith Feels My Fire, the podcast. I'm your host, Lorena Camille. Today's episode is a Bible study on part one of chapter four of the book of John. If you haven't checked out the previous chapters of John, I have those previous chapters and the study guides on my Facebook group. It's called Faith Fuels My Fire. I'll have the link in the show notes here, or you can just go in the search bar on Facebook, type in Faith Fuels My Fire, just like the name of this podcast, and request to be added in that group. Once you're added in the group, you'll go on the units tab and it'll have all of my previous Bible studies and the study guides included. Also, before we get into the Bible study, I did want to give you a quick reminder to celebrate my one-year anniversary with this podcast. It's giveaway time! So in order to enter the giveaway, head over to iTunes, write a review on this podcast, Faith Fuels My Fire, the podcast. Take a screenshot of your written review, head over to Instagram, and post on your Instagram stories the screenshot of that written review for this podcast, and tag me at underscore Lorena Camille underscore. That's my Instagram handle. Tag me, and I will get you entered in. For additional entries, you can go every single day and snap a screenshot from one of my episodes on this podcast and post it in your Instagram stories. Make sure you tag me at underscore Lorena Camille underscore for an additional entry and you can do that every day up until November the 11th. On November the 12th, I will be announcing the winner for the giveaway, which you can also check my Instagram stories periodically in the next two weeks and I'll give you more on exactly what the prize is for the giveaway, but I'm telling you guys, you're not going to want to miss out on it. But I will be announcing the winner on my Facebook group called Faith Fuels My Fire on November the 12th, which will be on that Thursday. All right, so without further ado, let's get into this Bible study. I'm just going to start reading chapter 4 of John and we'll discuss some things. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Alright, so I'm just going to stop there real quick and discuss a couple things with you guys. There was already people that were opposing Jesus or not agreeing with his ministry, especially the Pharisees. They didn't like Jesus popularity and they resented it and they also resented his message because it challenged a lot of their teachings so the reason why jesus went north and started going towards galilee is because he was just starting his ministry and it wasn't time for him to openly go up confront these leaders because he had a mission and he had a lot of more miraculous signs and things that he needed to do. So he went towards Galilee. All right, now I'm going to continue reading from verse 4. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. Okay, so I'm going to discuss a few things here. First, I just want to talk about Samaria. After the northern kingdom, with its capital being Samaria, fell to the Assyrians, many Jews were deported to Assyria, and foreigners were brought in to settle the land and help keep the peace. So there was a marriage between the foreigners and the remaining Jews that resulted in mixed race. And in the opinion of the Jews who lived in the southern kingdom, this was impure. So the quote-unquote pure Jews 
didn't like the mixed race called Samaritans because they felt their fellow Jews who had the marriages had betrayed their people and the nation. The Samaritans had an alternate center for worship on Mount Gerizim to parallel the temple at Jerusalem, but it had been destroyed 150 years earlier. So the Jews did everything that they could to avoid traveling through Samaria. So they would travel these long routes around Samaria to go to Galilee or wherever they needed to go. But Jesus didn't have a reason to live by these cultural restrictions, and the route through Samaria was shorter, so that's what he took. Now Jacob's well was on the property that was originally owned by him, and we see here in Genesis 33 verses 18 and 19, after Jacob had come from Padan Aram, he arrived safely at the city of Shechem in Canaan and camped within sight of the city. For a hundred pieces of silver he bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, the plot of ground where he pitched his tent. So that was the same plot of ground where this well was at. And this well was a well that had water seeped from rain and dew. It wasn't a spring-fed well, and it was collecting at the bottom. Wells were almost always located outside the city along the main road, and twice each day, morning and evening, women came to draw water. The woman came at noon, probably to avoid meeting people who knew her reputation. She didn't think anybody would be there, and we'll see in the verses going forward that she definitely didn't expect a Jew to be there. So I'm going to continue reading from verse 9. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him like a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Alright, so I'm going to stop right there and discuss a few things with you guys here. So Jesus gave this woman this message about pure water that would quench her spiritual thirst forever. This woman, that was a Samaritan, she was a member of the mixed race that the Jews didn't like and was known to be living in sin. No respectable Jewish man would talk to a woman under these circumstances. But Jesus did. The gospel is for every person. It doesn't matter what they've done, what their race is, their past sins. None of that matters. Everyone can be saved by Jesus Christ. And that just goes to show here, whenever he was talking to the Samaritan woman, that none of that matters, that the gospel can be said to anyone, and everyone needs to hear the gospel. Alright, so what did Jesus mean by living water? In the Old Testament, there were many verses that were speaking of thirsting after God as one thirsts for water. Now, I'm not going to read all these verses right now, but if you want to check those out, some of the verses that speak of it is Psalm 42, verse 1, Isaiah 55, verse 1, Jeremiah 2, verse 13, and Zechariah 13, verse 1. Also, a couple of other verses. So God is called the fountain of life in Psalm 36, 9, 
and the spring of living water in Jeremiah 17:13. So when Jesus said that he would bring living water that could forever quench a person's thirst for God, he was claiming to be the Messiah because only the Messiah could give this gift that satisfies the soul's desire. So just as our bodies need food and water to survive, also our souls need food and water, but this is spiritual food and water that our souls need. And I think the Samaritan woman was confused on the differences of this living water for your soul and water that's actually going to quench your thirst. And I'm sure no one had ever talked to her like that before about spiritual food and water, but just as we wouldn't deprive ourselves from food and water, we shouldn't deprive our souls from spiritual food and water. And the only way to really quench our spiritual thirst and hunger is through the living word, Jesus Christ, and the written word, the Bible. So here in verse 15, the woman thought that the water that Jesus was talking about would make her not have to return to the well again. And so she was interested in his message because she wanted it to make her life easier. And I know a lot of us can relate. I can relate. There's been a lot of times where I'm like, Jesus, can you just do this for me so my life will be easier? Or if only you could do this, then it would make my life so much easier. There's been a lot of cases, and I know there's probably been a lot for you too. But Christ did not come to take away challenges from our lives. He came to change us on the inside so we can deal with all of our problems from God's perspective. So the spiritual food and water that Jesus Christ provides and the fruits of the Spirit that we have within us when we're saved by Jesus Christ allows us to go through life and go through all the struggles and the hard times in life. We just have to continue to lean on Jesus and continue to tap into the fruits of the Spirit because they're within us, but we have to make sure that we're constantly practicing patience and love and kindness and joy and all of those things. So this woman at the well didn't immediately understand what Jesus was talking about, and sometimes it takes time for us to accept something that changes our lives. Jesus allowed the woman time to ask questions and to put all the pieces together. And this just goes to show that sharing the gospel is not always going to have immediate results. So whenever you're spreading the gospel to others and you're telling them about Jesus and how he's going to change their lives, you want to give them some time to really soak that in because whenever someone's telling you something that's going to change your life, a lot of times you may be hesitant to accept it right away. Okay, so I think I'm actually going to put chapter 4 into three different parts because this is such a rich chapter that has so many great messages. And I like to do these bite-sized Bible studies where I go part by part on the book of John to really help you understand it and for it to not be too overwhelming, um, especially for people that are just beginning their journey with studying their Bible and really having that relationship with Christ. So for today, I'm going to stop right here. The takeaways from this that I really want you guys to get here is that sometimes you're going to have to go through uncomfortable places to really spread the gospel and let people know about Jesus Christ. Just as Jesus went through Samaria, a place where Jews normally wouldn't ever go, and he was talking to this woman that had sins and lived life in sin. And a lot of times we're going to go through places that are uncomfortable and we're going to be around people that 
we may not like or we may not agree with their life or they might not like us or agree with our life, but it shouldn't stop us from spreading the gospel and letting other people know about Jesus Christ. And they may not accept it right away, but as disciples of Jesus Christ, it's our duty to spread the gospel and let everyone know about how amazing Jesus is and how he's changed our life and how he can change the life of others. And this living water that Jesus provides and that the written word provides, this spiritual water is eternal. But we have to constantly be studying our Bibles, seeking the truth of God's word, and then spreading it to others. So I will see you guys next week for part two of chapter four of the book of John. But before I let you go, I did want to say a quick prayer. So if you would, please just close your eyes and pray with me. Lord, I pray that you be with every single person listening to this right now. Lord, I pray that you wrap your arms around them and show them so much love. I pray that they open up their eyes to see the truth of your words and their heart, their mind, and their spirit to you, Lord. I pray that they get out of their comfort zone this week and talk to people that they may not have ever thought about talking to about you and spreading the gospel and letting people know about how amazing you are, Lord. I pray that they have peace knowing you're in complete control and faith that your will will be done and courage to be able to step out of their comfort zone and spread the gospel to others. I love you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys so much. I will see you guys next week. Bye, guys.